0: here's a message from Chen Lavica. I don't have much good for you folks. In fact, it's probably going to turn out to be a crap on Ken Thursday. Stone Lebanowitz hit the open. On your mark. Get set. Go!
1: You are listening to Chen Lavica Live. Presented by the FAU MBA Sport Management Program. Turn it up! Turn it up! live from the anajar and levine accident attorney studios it's chen Lavica live on espn 1063
0: i um i think it's safe to say there are some problems kiddos there are some problems in heat nation not good and the cracks have turned into crevasses, which is turning in to collapse. And I think the Heat are on a deathbed. There's still hope, yes, but they're on a deathbed. Thoughts and prayers, am I right? Ken Levick, alive here on a Thursday on ESPN 106.3, free ESPN app, and on your smart speaker, and a John Levine Action and Attorney Studios, downtown West Palm Beach. Phillips Point Towers right off of the heavy-aired and disgustingly hot Intracoastal Stone. Labanowitz, Friday Night Lights. He runs this catastrophe until 2 o'clock, and wow, was that a crap show. I mean, Evan just went through it, some of the key numbers from last night some of the key failures from last night and again you hear uh, Evan Cohen 11:55 a.m. and 5:55 p.m. every day here on ESPN 1063. Max Strues hasn't hit a shot since the dagger in game 3. 0 of 16 in his last 16 shots. Kyle Lowry scoreless last night. 0 of 6 three points in game 4. The Heat at one point, went over 12 minutes without a field goal. That is more than a quarter. <sighs> a 24-2 run, third into the fourth quarter, to completely blow it open. 7-45 of 45 from three last night. One of the all-time worst three-point shooting performances in NBA playoff history. The second time in this series they've been blown out at home. And here we sit at three games to two. I have been steadfast. I have been strong in my belief going back to the Philadelphia series when the Sixers even things up at 2-2. I was steadfast and I was strong yesterday with the Heat and the Celtics even at 2-2. But now after dropping a second game at home in blowout fashion, shooting 7 of 45 from 3. Max Struess has fallen into a black hole. Kyle Lowry has walked through a mirror and gone to Narnia, never returned. That's for you nerds out there. Jimmy Butler clearly is not straight like he said he was with his foot after Game 3. And the Heat are not done But the Heat are indeed, and I will acknowledge it for the first time, in serious, 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 serious trouble. There was nothing positive to take from last night, Stone. Not a single solitary thing where I can say, I'm clinging on to that, other than you hope that the mentally tough Heat team takes back its identity from the Celtics at some point and plays the way the Heat played for the entire postseason up until the Celtics series because the Celtics win every 50-50 ball. The Celtics are blasting the heat on the glass. Yep, The Celtics are outworking the heat in every facet. So unless the heat somehow get that identity back, steal it back from Boston today going into tomorrow for game six, done
2: deal. Now, Boston snatched it right from him. Yeah. I, I don't know where it comes from, who it comes from, because at one point in the first quarter, they couldn't make a shot. And Jimmy airballed and he threw his hands up. Like, it wasn't like a throw your hands up at, look at your teammates. No, it was, it's it was, a, what do I have to do? It, it was like, well, oh, what's happening? What's happening? Right. And that, so I know what question you're going to ask sooner or later and open it up. That was it for me. Yeah. I knew we were done when Jimmy. And it was it was cool to see him stay aggressive early in the game, like he was taking shot after shot he's after shot. He's trying so hard, but trying so hard. He realizes he's the only one. Yeah. If it's gonna be anybody, it's gotta be me. And he missed. He airballed, and he threw up his hands. And from that point on, and it, it was uh, even though even though we took the lead into the half, I wasn't confident. I wasn't comfortable with the lead. I, I kind of knew it was inevitable.
0: Uh, there you go. But you just stumbled on the only positive from last night. The Heat won the first two quarters. Yes, they did. It was a draw in my book. It was a draw in my book last night. Celtics up three games to two. Uh uh-uh. uh. More like Heat Celtics a split. Yeah, they split last night. Two quarters to two. Yeah, nobody won last night. Yeah, if nobody we're by won. boxing. Yeah, yeah. Let's 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 run it back. Let's run it back. No, but it is um, it is it, it, your your observation of Jimmy is right on. It's not a hey. Is somebody gonna help me? It's a things out of my control are happening and I don't know what to do about it anymore. Right. It's, it's the, and I'm not a religious person, but when things start going poorly, you look to the heavens and you say, will somebody help me? Will somebody help me? What, what, what do I have to do to get my powers back? That was the reaction from Jimmy last night. And it doesn't help he's not getting any help from anybody, but Jimmy wants to be the one that can drag them through the roughest moments, and even he isn't capable of doing it now because the Celtics have completely worn down the Heat. The Heat are injured. The Heat have lost rhythm. And the Heat injured and the Celtics winning every 50-50 ball and
2: outworking them, it's a recipe for disaster. Also, it was odd, and this was another moment in time. And it wasn't a specific moment, but when Gabe Vincent was giving us way better minutes than Lowry was. Yeah. Everything was sideways because mm-hmm. Gabe Vincent was diving after balls. He going, was the best player for the Heat last the time. The best player for the Heat. Gave him 15, but he was getting boards, generating offense, going to the cup, like just not giving an inch. And I was like, wow, we're in game five of the Eastern Conference Finals, and it's a quarter of Jimmy Butler and Gabe Vincent against the Boston Celtics. Like, I just didn't know it would, it would, it would come to this. Max Struess and uh, Kyle Lowry combining to go 0 for, 0, 0 for 15, I think it was. Yeah. Um, so odd, super super odd, but nothing changed from last game. No interest. It, it wasn't there. And I just, the, the, the well, elephant in the room was the offense. We have nowhere to yeah. go when we get in a rut.
0: The offense is the biggest issue. And what happened when the Celtics were in a rut? Well, they finally figured out into the third quarter because Jason Tatum and Jalen Brown can go volume scoring mode. And that's exactly what they did. And the Heat don't have anybody other than Jimmy occasionally who can get into volume scoring mode in the regular season. Tyler Hero could do it. Tyler Hero didn't play last night. Tyler Hero also has not really gone into volume scoring mode much in the postseason. We got, for the most part, passive Bam last night. In the first half, he shot a high percentage. He was 5 of 8 from the field. But again, it was the hesitancy... To take it to the rim in the third quarter, Bam would catch the ball in the high post, and you could hear the fans yelling, "Shoot! Shoot! Shoot!" <laughs>
2: I don't think I've seen that in an NBA game. Okay. That's high school stuff. 0 oh, for eleven when Robert Williams contested field goal teams for all the Heat. I know, and that's why I said the X Factor was, in my opinion, You're right. and he came out there and just scared everybody. I don't know what it is. You're right. He he is not an All Star player. No. He is a
0: defensive problem, and he has been, more specifically, a defensive problem for the Heat because Bam doesn't want any of that. He doesn't. No. And that's fine. It's his game. But now that we've seen it, as good as Bam was, as inspiring as Bam was his Game 3, and this series would have been over well before it likely is tomorrow if not for Bam's Game 3, The fact of the matter is, when you put a mouth puncher in front of him, like Robert Williams is, he doesn't want it. He's a hell of a basketball player. Bam is an all-star. Okay? He is. And in my mind, Defensive Player of the Year. But on offense, there's still a lot of work to do. And you've got to at least start having the conversation about, does he have it? Is he capable of it on the offensive end of things? Or is he a nice role player? Is he... An all-star? Is he a cornerstone, or is he a nice role player? That's the conversation that you need to start having with Bam, because last year he disappeared, he turtled up, and he had nothing to offer against the Bucks. And in this series, other than Game 3, when Robert Williams did not play,
2: mm-hmm.
0: he hasn't offered enough of what you need from him with a team that's banged up. It's clear that P.J. Tucker, his body is a wreck. He's not giving anything. But he,
2: he was still giving it. Like oh, yeah, that, he's that, still that, working. No, no, That's never going to be an issue, but he's got no lift. He's got nothing. Nothing. He's almost a 40-year-old man. The first possession of the game, I believe, he got us three boards back to back to yeah. back, and he's, like, limping. I was like, like you know what? Like hey, PJ I, and Jimmy could combine. They could do this. I hope, but this is a hope that's going to
0: fall on deaf ears, that the Heat get the same type of Philadelphia treatment. With the injuries and the injuries and the injuries and the injuries and and Embiid and Danny Green and all these people are hurt and this is why they're not at full capacity. Because it's clear the Heat aren't at full capacity because they're hurt. Kyle Lowry, ongoing hamstring. Tyler Hero, groin. P.J. Tucker, knee. Jimmy with uh, his knee. Like They're hurt. They're hurt. But they're not going to get the benefit of the doubt. They're not going to get the benefit of the doubt because I do think that there is a a general glee, a gloating that is starting to envelop the national talking heads because we are one step and on the doorstep of the mighty, historic Boston Celtics going to the finals. Listen, I get it. I get it. The Heat aren't going to get the benefit of the doubt. They're just not. They're not going to. P.J. Tucker's gone out there and willed his body through this. Jimmy Butler, same thing, including having his knee pulled on and uh, by, by gutless coward Peyton Pritchard. Okay, You can't tell me that that wasn't on purpose and that hasn't made a difference because we, de- we haven't seen Jimmy the same since that happened in Game 3. Kyle Lowry's done everything he can to try and produce something and it hasn't worked out. That's just as gutty and gritty as Joel Embiid. It is, but the Heat aren't going to get the credit for it. And I've made peace with that. I've made peace with that. That's completely fine. But what I'm curious about, and it's time to be real now. It's time to be real because we're in a real situation. The Heat are on three games to two, and they have to go to Boston. And taking two in Boston with a team that's about 60% healthy, maybe, it's a tall task. Tall task after getting it handed to you. The last two games. were are double-digit dogs. Yeah, I'm not surprised. I'm not surprised. I'm curious, though, because we are in this real situation, so it's time for real talk. At what point did it first occur to you that the Heat had a problem in this series? At what point did it first occur to you, very first time, light bulb went off, that the Heat had a problem in this series? Because for me... I go back to the last series against Philadelphia. Stone, you remember Game 3, Game 4, when Jimmy went off for 35 and 40 respectively, and the Heat lost? Yeah. Do you remember the three-point percentages in those games?
2: I remember Philly was shooting lights out. I know Philly was shooting at a 50% clip. But us, I don't know. Yeah, the Heat shot 7 of
0: 30 in Game 3 and 7 of 35 in Game 4. Both losses. The best three-point shooting team in the NBA in the regular season, seven of 30 and seven of 35. 14 of 65 combined in two games. And that was the moment where I said, huh, if you get the matchup with Boston, hopefully that doesn't rear its head again because I'm not sure how you offset that. You've got to be able to score with them when they get into hot moments, which is inevitable. What has happened in this series? When the Heat have gone ice cold from three, they have lost. Not just lost, but have been completely embarrassed in these games. And last night was the true uh, main event when it comes to failing from three. 7 of 45 last night. The Heat were 7 of 45, and look back, every loss in this series, the Heat have been abysmal, sub-28% from three when they've lost. And so I can look back, and I can say my initial thought, and I tried to hide it in those deep, dark recesses of my brain that we discussed yesterday, that wait a minute, the Heat have a problem. If they're going to go inconsistent, which we did not see in the regular season, if they're going to go inconsistent from three, If they can't play to what their averages were in the regular season, there might be an issue with the Celtics in the equation. Maybe not so much the Bucs, but definitely the Celtics. And everything I feared has now rushed forward. The dam is broken. The heat, their inability to shoot from three,
2: going completely empty, that's spelled close to death for them now. So earlier I said the moment for me, was Jimmy Butler throwing his hands up. Let, I, I was lying. This was really the moment for me. This was five minutes into the third. Okay. And this is when Max Strews heads to the locker room, and they checked Duncan Robinson in. And when they checked him in, the crowd loved it. And it was, as far as who I was watching the game with, it was, hey, if I'm, if I'm him, this is kind of a, hey, I'm going to take get my Start spot shucking. back Let's Start go. chucking, and, this is, and they were down like eight at the time. It yeah. wasn't that bad. It was like, this is a time. Redemption, to, a chance is, for Duncan Robinson redemption. We've been wanting a Duncan Robinson game. We've been asking for it. We are really cold from three. We missed 38 last night. Like it, it was trending down, and he comes in, and it's kind of like a, let me get my spot back moment. Here's my moment to shine. Comes off a screen, knocks down a contested three, standing ovation from the crowd. Yeah. Now we're down like five mm-hmm. or six, and I was like, whoa. This is this is like. There's the spark. This, Let's go. See now, I didn't see it like that. I thought it was sad. Like oh. with, with the postseason that this guy was having, right? He's he has this. He's only played in this game in game one of the, and, and then he only played and made any difference in game one of the Hawks series. Right. So he's played three games total in the in this postseason, and he hits a three, and he gets a standing ovation. I knew it was done. I knew we were done. You thought it was. You thought I like, thought it was pathetic. I thought it was pathetic. Like, on, like I thought it was pathetic. I'm like, is this guy going to give us a spark? The guy who's played a combined 15 minutes this postseason. Who's getting paid
0: just gobs of
2: cash. Standing ovation. It was like they were like waiting for somebody to make a shot. And it was Duncan mm. Robinson and at that moment I was like, yo, if you guys are expecting Duncan Robinson to, to carry save the day, to save the day, yeah. we're in trouble. And then that's when they finish it on that 24-2. And they ended the quarter up 17 or whatever it was. And, yeah, that Duncan it – was, it was pathetic to well, me.
0: Well, it was – here. they ended the third quarter down 11, but it immediately ballooned to 17 yeah. because Tatum and Brown came down and popped threes right away. And, then, <laughs> and that was a done deal after that. So, Stone's true – because he lied – Stone's true indication that the Heat had problems in this series. It came last night. It came last night when Duncan Robinson – hit a three to a standing ovation with the heat down eight. And uh, the realization hit him that the heat were hinging their season on Duncan Robinson. For me, I've got to admit, and I stayed strong. And again, I, I buried this in the back of my brain, that dark part with the lightning and the wind and the storms. And you just
2: try and forget that it's there. You said it kind of smells. too.
0: Yeah. It's smelly, right? It's smelly. It's like that gross musty. It's going to rain smell. Um, but when the Heat went to combined 14 of 65 against Philadelphia, Game 3, Game 4, I was still very confident the Heat were going to overcome the Sixers. They had too much. But against the Celtics, what was going to happen? And when the Heat got destroyed in Game 2 of this series and reverted back to Game 3, Game 4, Philadelphia mode from distance, but it also happened at home, that really fortified it for me. So... The earliest moment where I thought, uh uh-oh, the Heat have a postseason problem was in that Philly series, game three, game four, combined 14 of 65 from three. What about you? At what point did it first occur to you, the first inclination, that the Heat had a problem in this series? 888-760-3776. 888-760-3776. And you can tweet at us, at KLV1063. At what point in the series did it first occur to you that the Heat had a problem? 888 760 3776 888 760 3776 And tweeted us at KLV 1063. Uh, you know what this means too, Stone, is that we have to um we have to play sad peppas. Uh, we we just need this to fit the tone of what today is. And I'm not in mourning yet. But there was a sadness. The 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 ultimate moment of perish hasn't occurred yet for the Heat. It could come tomorrow. But, boy, it could set the table for one hell of an inspiring story going to win a Game 7 on Sunday.
2: You I mean, know, That much is
0: true. You know what would happen if the Heat won tomorrow? I wouldn't wear pants all weekend. Oh, yeah. It would be a pantsless levica all weekend leading into Sunday. Sorry, kids. Papa's got to lay in bed pantsless and admire the Heat. But... Let's wallow in some... Let's wallow in some sad peppers. Just for a couple of moments, everybody. <laughs> <laughs> This is so sad. <laughs> it you know when you get upset and you start to feel like that that emotion wash over you. You're like, oh man, am I gonna tear up? Sad Peppas makes me feel like that. It's like, it's like when Jack dies in Titanic. You knew that something tragic just happened. So it's Jack, his hand slipping out of Kate Winslet's hand and him drowning in the North Atlantic. This is what Sad Peppa's feels like with the Heat right now. At what point in the series did it first occur to you that the Heat had a problem? 888 760 760 3776. And tweeted us at KLV. One zero six three. Let's go at Boca. Uh, that's where Kevin is. Kevin is on Ken Lavekka live. Hi, Kevin.
3: Hey, what's going on, guys? Um, I think at one point where it kind of turned around. I think it was Robert Williams played back to backs. Because I think Robert Williams is a is a guy that still is a, the biggest factor. I don't yeah. think it's Marcus Smart. I agree. So I think uh, Robert Williams is a guy that is the key, and he was able to play back to backs because that last game, the previous game, was a blowout. So he was kind of, you know, to sit, uh, get some rest on the knee. But I think the the key change is Robert Williams. And um, with with good defensive teams, you know, sometimes you go on those bad streaks offensively. And I did, you know, with like old teams like you know Chicago Bulls, Derrick mm-hmm. Rose led teams when they went on those streaks, you know, of of miss, you know, inconsistencies and shots like that. But I think Robert Williams at the end of the, day, the main factor. I don't know what he does to Bam, but. It's a. Uh, it's very interesting. Bam clearly and, doesn't uh, want a piece uh, of them.
0: Bam clearly he doesn't, want any, doesn't want any part of them. And no appreciate smoke. the call, Kevin. No smoke, absolutely no, not. Smoke. We're gonna look back on this series if the Heat get closed out tomorrow, and the most valuable player for Boston will not be Jason Tatum, will not be Jalen Brown and his lobster claw hands that can't dribble. It'll be Rob Williams. It'll be Robert Williams.
2: Oh, one hundred percent. I mean, he. Changed the dynamic of every game in this series. And I, I said yesterday I thought he was going to be the X factor, but I didn't think it was going to be that obvious. Right. Like, let's put it. But in- you called it, though. You said your confidence level, if he played,
0: was going to be significantly lower than if he did not. And you nailed it. You absolutely nailed it. Him in the lineup, him as part of the defensive game plan for the Celtics, changes everything. And I'm going to make this declaration right now. If the Heat can't grab their identity back from the Celtics and they do bow out, the Warriors might have a problem with him underneath. Oh, yeah. I mean,
2: I mean... You think Jordan Poole's getting his with Robert Williams? I mean, it's going to be Kayvon Looney. Right? Or Kayvon Looney, I'm sorry. That's You're who right. that, that's who's going to be matched up with Robert. And I don't know what would come out of that. I would see more of the, more of the intensity coming from Robert Williams. I would see him treating Kayvon Robert Looney the, the same could, way. Robert Williams could dominate. I mean... It, it, it's not like you're like,
0: oh, make the Warriors settle for threes. They can kill you like that. <laughs> but you're at least cutting off an entire third of the floor. There's there's very little ability to drive and kick as deeply as you want if Robert Williams is in the game and you have absolutely no post presence. So you better hope that that Clay and Steph are bombing. You know? Like that gives you the best chance to win with Robert Williams on the floor because you're at
2: least able to cut off. Any part of that interior warriors game, and he's too big for Otto Porter, right? And he's oh, too big. Yeah. He's too big for the eighteen year old Kaminga, like the yeah. guy they also play down low. If they're going small, yeah, and it's not Kayvon Looney. Now, I I want
0: to scold myself. I'm not ready to talk about that yet. I'm not ready to talk yeah, about a Celtics just did that. Warriors final. We haven't final. done that yet. No, you know what? That's our first time. I rescind what we just discussed. Oh, Wow, strike it off the record because there's still a bit of belief. There's still a, thr- a flame that burns faintly. The Heat still, still have an opportunity, as Eric Spolstra put it, in this series. One thing that I need to remind everybody of is that today's Chen Levick alive. Why is it Chen Levick alive? Because we're having ESPN's Chris Carlin on at 1245. We had scouted him for today at 1245 in the hopes that the Heat would be up three games to two and we could... Uh, How do you say, take it to him, because he's been uh, banging the drum of anti-heat propaganda for quite some time now, and uh, it's been inappropriate in our minds. He has been part of what we have coined quarter-anon. He's the head of quarter-anon. All he wants to do is discuss how many quarters the Celtics have won. But today, Chris Carlin joins the show, and this has backfired on us because the heat are down three games to two. And so Chris Carlin, Carlin and Canty, three o'clock every day here on ESPN 106.3, but they've been filling in for Mike Greenberg the last couple of weeks. He will join the show at 12.45. Now, why is today Chen Levick alive? Because you may remember, I decided to confront Carlin and Canty, Chris Carlin in particular, when I called their show Friday, sat on hold for 55 minutes to get in on the show and confront these two, but especially Carlin. And I was brought on as Chen. Let's re-listen to my call to Chris Carlin and Chris Canty Friday on ESPN Radio.
4: Heat fans been very vocal all week long with us. Let's hear from them this morning. Chen has been patient. He's up next on ESPN Radio. Chen, what do you got, man? Go at it.
5: I gotta say, it's really satisfying to hear you guys finally talk about the Heat for the first time this postseason. I'm not surprised <laughs> that it's to actually jump on the Heat, and I know that you're mandated to cater to the lowest common Northeast oh, denominator. stop it! Mandated. I Just celebrate Heat failures, and that's fine. But I do hope if the Heat lose this series, they get the same injury excuse machine that the Celtics got in game one. I've heard that. Oh, Chen, stop it. Just stop yourself. Stop it. We're going to
4: go mandated because you think that somehow our personal success as a radio network is based on denigrating an entire fan base and one organization in South Florida. Guess again. And secondly, Kyle Larry's shooting twenty seven percent in the playoffs. He's getting six points a game. He is not anywhere near what Marcus Smart has been, and you know that. Jimmy Butler is the best player in this postseason. You're wrong. You're wrong. You're wrong. You're wrong. Jimmy Butler's maybe the fourth best player in this postseason. See you. Goodbye. Left, right, now. So so I got. Uh, I got run
0: by uh, by Chris Carlin. But that's back when I was I was feeling good. It was after game two, that sucked, but I still was feeling super confident. 1-1, fine. Go to Boston. And then I got redeemed after the Heat won game three at TD Garden. But now here we are, and the Heat lose at home again, and now it's three games to two, and Chris Carlin joins us at 1245. So I've been trying to figure out how to navigate this today. And I think the best thing to do, Stone, we're just going to confront him. I want to know why he hates the Heat. I, I want to get to the bottom of it. And I'm going to reveal to him that I was Chen in South Florida. He needs to know. Oh, he needs to know. He needs to know. So he's going to hear it, and he's going to see how unfairly he treated me on the radio. I am a respected radio personality <laughs> in Palm Beach County in the Treasure Coast, okay? And I don't deserve to get run like that, okay? So I just think that... I need to air some things out with, uh, with Chris Carlin.
2: I think what's of the utmost importance, though, is that we take the eight-mile approach here and what Eminem did in just trashing himself early. We need to trash the heat for a good 30 seconds.
5: Call, just acknowledge that they call, haven't played yeah,
2: well. Yeah, call Kyle Lowry a bum. Say uh, Jimmy Butler hasn't been there. Use all of his ammo early so he runs out, and if he slips up, we then tee we pounce. Then we pounce. Interesting, Interesting approach. I'll take it under consideration because your statement on the call is that Jimmy Butler was the best player in the postseason. Well, he's 7 of 32. And the <laughs> since, in, then, yes. <laughs> since then. Since uh, then. So that one might come up. Kyle that, Lowry, being a no-show, uh-huh. will most definitely come up. Uh-huh. And uh, I don't know. Uh, I don't know. Uh, yeah. Not great. Not great, right? Not
0: great. <laughs> so um, so we're going we're gonna to see how this goes at 1245 with Chris Carlin. Uh, but but we are, we're we're going to play him the call. I'm going to relay to him that I didn't appreciate the treatment. Uh, I want to ask him why he hates the Heat. And then we'll see how the conversation goes from there. We have, what, 15 minutes blocked out for him? Yes, we do. Will it go 15 minutes? That's the question. That truly is the question. At what point did it first occur to you that the Heat had a problem in this series? At what point did it first occur to you the Heat had a problem with the Celtics 888-760-3776 888-760-3776 Twitter it's open at KLV 1063 also open now the FAU MBA sport management program FAU.edu slash NBA sport the title partner of Ken Levick alive for 22 years they have been guiding the sports executives of tomorrow teaching the sports executives of tomorrow preparing the sports executives of tomorrow They have professors that are in the sports industry passing along first-hand knowledge, making sure that you have a head full of relevant information, not something from the 90s. Things change. Things evolve, especially in the sports industry. You're learning modern-day what's going to help you work your dream job in sports. Pro sports, college sports, high-level Division One athletics, local sports, sports business—you want to make that money? You want to work in sports? There's one path. It's the FAU MBA Sport Management program. Don't sit there and rely on trying to just call in a favor. Oh, I know somebody that can get me in the business. Uh-uh. You make relationships and connections by getting your MBA in Sport Management at Florida Atlantic. Twenty-two years, one of the best in the world. FAU.edu/slash/mba/sport FAU.edu slash MBA Sport, the FAU mba Sport Management Program. Before we go to break, let's just play a little more Sad Puppets. We just need to set the, the 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 tone because I need people to be real with themselves. Yes, there's a glimmer of hope, but let's not deny our feelings today, okay? Let's, let's touch what we're feeling in our chests, near our heart, in our heads. Let's acknowledge that the Heat are in a little bit of trouble, okay? A lot of bit of trouble. And there have been cracks that have been showing. Let's let's admit that we saw those cracks at some point, but I'm curious, at what point, Heat fans, in the series, did it first occur to you that the Heat might have a problem with the Celtics, that they might not get through? At what point in the series did it first occur to you the Heat had a problem? 888-760-3776. 888-760-3776. He's Stone It's Friday Night Lights. I'm Ken Levica. Come into my heat bosom. We're live, honey.
1: ESPN 106.3. From the Anajar and Levine Studios in downtown West Palm Beach, you are listening to Ken LaVica live on ESPN 106.3. We are presented by the FAU MBA Sport Management Program. Visit fau.edu/slash/mba sport. Yeah,
0: the heater in trouble. It's time to finally acknowledge it. Time to finally acknowledge it. The heat have problems. They have major, major problems. But it's what I'm curious about is when individuals saw that this might go sideways. Because I think that I saw that there might be an issue, but I thought maybe the Heat would be able to overcome it. They'd string together super consistent series. But it it wouldn't be it would be shoot their way out of it. Yeah. Or at least find rhythm again. Right. But games 3 and 4, and I think that maybe I I tried to hide it after the 7 of 36, or 7 of 35, or 7 of 60, 14 of 65. (laughs) Sorry, I'm getting mixed up with 7 of 45 last night from 3. The 14 of 65, games 3 and game 4, 76ers combined from beyond the arc for the Heat. Because then they came back in game 5 and they rolled. There was no problem. At all. But... That right there was the first, to me, indication that when the Celtics came, you start going into that rut again, and there's going to be consequences, unlike there were with the 76ers, because the Sixers weren't going to sustain that. Their defense, not great, and the Heat were able to ding that, and their offense got inconsistent, but the Celtics, who were really proficient on both ends,
2: that was going to be a problem, and sure enough, here we are. It's been a problem. Yeah, I think Philadelphia got in offensive ruts themselves, and that kind of went under the radar. Right, we all blamed it on James Harden, and, and, yeah. and, and so they wouldn't. But and that was and, just their offense was not good. It wasn't efficient. Right, and Boston at any moment, at any moment, can knock down whatever shot they want, however they want to do it, and score eight straight, ten straight. Like we kind of knew it wasn't. You said it was an inevitable earlier, and it is. And we have nothing to combat that with.
0: Uh, so we're asking you: At what point did it first occur to you the Heat? had a problem with the Celtics. At what point did it first occur to you the Heat had a problem with Boston? 888-760-3776. 888-760-3776. You can tweet at us at KLV1063. That's where we head to now. Chuck Kenyon tweets, after Peyton Pritchard tackled Jimmy, he hasn't been the same since, and this team feeds off of Jimmy. Jimmy has absolutely not been the same since, and you cannot tell me that that didn't have a large effect on the health of Jimmy's knee. You cannot tell me Peyton Pritchard reaching for Jimmy's knee, pulling Jimmy's knee, didn't do something that he has been unable to shake since then. It was dirty then, it's dirty now. Spo was nicer about it when he said that it was not a basketball play, but it was dirty. It was Bush League. It was trash bag stuff from Peyton Pritchard. It just was.
2: So if Jimmy knows that he feels odd physically, but he, where was the vocal leadership? Like where, like if he knows he's the leader, right? And everybody follows him. Where was the dog mentality? Like it just wasn't there last night. And I understand he's hurt and maybe he couldn't help it, but at least fake it till you make it. But Take I think guys he's like trying. Max Strus going. Well, I think he was trying to
0: put the scoring load on him though, because Max Strus is just bricking it all over the place. Kyle Lowry's not giving you anything from a scoring standpoint, so he realized where he was so good at creating earlier in the playoffs. That's just not a luxury anymore. It's not a luxury right now. Now Struess is hurt. Tyler Hero, coming off a groin injury, may have to start tomorrow. We might see Tyler Hero get the start tomorrow in Boston. I I would actually almost expect it that Tyler
2: Hero might start. Then we go from sixty percent to like forty. Where if we're talking health, we are in oh yeah dire straits,
0: rubble, dire straits. Uh, Tommy Yaikoff, it's obvious when Jimmy didn't come out for the second half with knee inflammation in Game 3, I'm not buying that, but okay. What? Miami was lucky to win that game, or else this series would be over by now. So you're doubting, Tommy's doubting the knee inflammation. What do you think it was? Do you think he had a date? What are you talking
2: about? And Yeah, I, I guess if, he, if they do lose that game, you're right, Tommy. Well, the, game, Tommy's the series right is there. over. The, the series would be over. That's great math by you. But not buying the knee inflammation.
0: What else? What else would it have been? I mean, come on. You think? Are, are you are you like Bill Simmons, who who made a joke about? Oh, I thought Jimmy Butler fought someone in the locker room. Like, what are you doing there? What? What? I don't understand that. I don't. I don't get the the purpose uh, or or where your brain's going with that. Uh, Josh Williams, I thought that he were in trouble when they were blown out at home in game two. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, that was a pretty big red flag. I didn't think it could happen again, but then it 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 did happen again uh sweep the leg he tweets when jimmy didn't come out of the locker room at halftime of game three robert b game three when jimmy came out flat didn't come out at all in the second half bam made me think everything would be all right but then game four happened uh west tweets game one i was always hopeful they'd keep it together but the series isn't over game one well i guess the first half game one was a little concerning right yeah and
2: then they the heat came out, out the in the third and just absolutely ransacked. I, I'm then, not, I think sweep the leg. I'm not too sure that's not Peyton Pritchard's burner. <laughs> that, was, that was good detail, and it was sweep the leg, and the first thing he talked about was Jimmy Buckets. Uh, and then, Mike G., first quarter of game two is when I
0: thought the Heat were in trouble for the first time. Yeah. I mean, all those are fair. Again, I, mine goes back to Philly. I, I started to see a little bit of a, a, a red flag go up the pole at fourteen of sixty-five in the two games in Philadelphia, games three and four, thought maybe that was just a a small, small issue, but it turns out it's turned into a much larger symptom, uh, if not the disease that is on the verge of ending uh, the Heat season. At what point in the series did it occur to you the Heat had a problem with Boston? At what point did it first occur to you the Heat had a problem with the Celtics? Eight 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 seven six zero three seven seven six eight 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 760-3776. Twitter at KLV 1063. Again, 888-760-3776. Stone, you ready for this? We're just gonna have to eat it, right? Like we're just gonna have to take we got no choice. That's what it's gonna be. All right. When we come back, we'll keep taking your calls. And Chris Carlin, ESPN zone. You hear him every day, three o'clock here on ESPN 1063. He will jump on with us. And it's probably gonna suck the banner it's Friday Night Lights. I'm Ken Lavick I'm live on ESPN
1: 106.3. From the Anajar and Levine studios in downtown West Palm Beach, you are listening to Ken Lavick Alive on ESPN 106.3. We're presented by the FAU MBA Sport Management Program. Visit fau.edu slash MBA sport. All right, let's get into it. Don't
0: forget that ESPN 106.3 is your home for the Heat postseason game six tomorrow night here on ESPN 106.3. You hear this man, well, typically, Carlin and Canty, three o'clock every day here on ESPN 106.3, but he's been filling in for Mike Greenberg for a couple of weeks now, who's on NBA playoff duty with his co-host Chris Canty, part of Carlin and Canty. Chris Carlin joins us here on Ken LeVick Alive. Chris, thanks for hanging out, taking the time. Appreciate it.
3: Ken, how many quarters did the Heat win last night? (sighs) All right. So, Chris, let's just get
0: right into this, okay? So... So, Chris, last last <laughs> week, you may recall a uh, a phone call that came in on on Friday. This was uh, this was after Game Two, the Game Two defeat, but uh, this was still a time where one one series, things are feeling pretty good. And I've been I've been hearing you in Canty. Um, you've been saying some unsavory things uh, about the Heat over the last couple of weeks, <laughs> things that I I haven't necessarily appreciated. I just want, real quick, let's relive just a certain moment from your show last Friday on ESPN Radio.
4: Heat fans been very vocal all week long with us. Let's hear from them this morning. Chen has been patient. He's up next on ESPN Radio. Chen, what do you got, man? Go at it.
5: I got to say it's really satisfying to hear you guys finally talk about the Heat for the first time this postseason. I'm not surprised <laughs> that it's to actually jump on the Heat, and I know that you're mandated to cater to the lowest common northeast oh, denominator. stop it. Mandated. Just celebrate Heat failures, and that's fine. But I do hope if the Heat lose this series, they get the same injury excuse machine that the Celtics got in Game 1. I've heard that. Oh, Chen, stop it. Just stop yourself. Stop it. We're going to go
4: mandated (laughs) because you think that somehow our personal success as a radio network is based on denigrating an entire fan base and one organization in South Florida guess again and secondly Kyle Larry's shooting 27% in the playoffs he's getting 6 points a game he is not anywhere near what Marcus Smart has been and you know that Jimmy Butler is the best player in this postseason. You're about- wrong. You're please, wrong. Please. You're wrong. Jimmy Butler's maybe the fourth best player in this postseason. See you. Goodbye. Uh, so, so a couple of things to unpack off of uh, this, uh,
0: this Chris. So, uh, uh, I-, I got run. I got run by Chris Carlin. Okay, uh, but uh, sure that foretold uh, unfortunate events, and I acknowledge, I'll be the first to acknowledge that Jimmy Butler since then has been 7 of 32 from the field, and Kyle Lowry has three points in the last two games. I acknowledge that, but my question for you, Chris Carlin, is what is your deal with the Heat, man?
3: (laughs) I actually don't have one. That's what's funny about this. And to tell you the truth, I've always loved Jimmy Butler as a player. Uh, When I was doing shows in Philadelphia, um, prior to him even getting there, I was saying at the time... This is very early in the Ben Simmons era that they should consider trading uh, Simmons for Butler because Butler was a better fit with Embiid. Now, look, I actually don't have anything about that. My problem is this. when And I understand it as a fan myself. Mm-hmm. Sometimes we're not capable of looking at what we are objectively. And I think for the Heat fans that have uh, – really gotten upset with us over the last week. I love the passion. I love that you're annoyed with us, but I also would say, like, I have no rooting interest against the Heat or for the Celtics. This is just more about the fact that I believe the Celtics are much more talented and the reason I believe it is because they are.
0: I uh, can you can you at least give me a little a little injury love with the Heat like you did the Sixers. Can you yes. please, Chris?
3: Yes I can. Yes, I can. Okay. I absolutely can because Butler – and, you know, you were taking it there yourself uh, upon yourself in the Butler thing. Jimmy's not right. <laughs> That's clear. I mean, the last two games, he's not going to play like this. And I absolutely give you that. And I give you that on Lowry, too. Lowry but, – but, like, in the call you're arguing about getting Lowry. Lowry has been terrible before that. That's my only issue there. Um, if we can agree on something, I'm thinking – that you and I can agree that Bam Adebayo has been missing an action. Yeah, he's post- been it. passive.
0: He's been passive, and I was complaining about it yesterday on the show that, um, that we're good for one aggressive Bam game a series, and that's not good enough. It is extremely yeah. frustrating to watch.
3: But yeah, and listen, last night he started to get more aggressive, but by that time, you know, they were down 18. So it was too late for that to be the case. And I think the Celtics have done a good job against him defensively. But I think the one thing we have learned here is that Bam is a number three at best. And you need somebody else to go with Jimmy on that level. And Lowry was too far down the road in his career to be that guy.
0: Chris Carlin, Carlin and Canty, you hear him every afternoon, 3 o'clock here on ESPN 106.3, but I suppose I'm being misleading. How much longer are you taking over Greenberg's slot so I can actually tell people the appropriate <laughs> time you're on?
3: Now, Greeny will be back soon enough, as soon as the NBA uh, playoffs. I think he's going to be back some next week. Uh, but, yeah, that's all been about him doing get-up and him doing NBA playoffs, and, you know, we've just been the guys that have been filling in Trying to keep it as consistent as possible, and he and I have gotten a good chance to work together. So we'll be back in our our normal slot here, uh, in rather short order.
0: Well, as you can tell, though, I'm not I'm not overly pleased with you. I listen awful lot to to you in Canty, Chris. I understand. And so, and so uh, I, I wanna I wanna get to this. You've you have worked in several markets. You have been at the apex of the industry. You have covered countless games. You have had countless takes. Uh, have you ever focused on Quarters won in a playoff series until now.
3: <laughs> I admittedly I have not, <laughs> but I do think I do think that it speaks to what the overall layout is of this playoff series and what the overall matchup is. I they when we talk about this, we talk about this for a very specific reason. The Heat won these two quarters that we talk about by 20 to 25 points each and that has been enough to carry them to two wins in the series but overall if we're being objective as to how we look at it, the rest of the series has been completely controlled by the Celtics so that's what that was going into last night mind you, admittedly today I did not go look up my quarter statistics because if I had it feels like I just would have been rubbing it in at that point but At least let's collectively acknowledge that the road the Heat have had to face compared to what the Celtics had to do was considerably easier. Is that fair?
0: Yeah, I think it's undercutting a little bit, but I I see a fairness in it. But uh, two things off of that, this objective thing you speak of, I've never heard of it. I have no idea what you're talking about. And and, uh, – Mine. And last night, hey, not listen. a loss. It was two two
3: and quarters, Chris. <laughs> <laughs> See, but that's just that's that's hearing the stat, but not hearing what I'm saying that's all that's all <laughs> carlin's like shut up and
0: actually listen okay so um no. uh, I, uh chris carlin again no, carlin. that's what i meant i would
3: just say shut up and actually listen
0: <laughs> <laughs> Carlin and Candy, three o'clock every day here on on espn one oh six three. 3 uh before I, I i i do something that i i wanted to get to you quick with uh you are you're the play-by-play voice of rutgers football Um, I am the play-by-play voice of Florida Atlantic football. You called the Boca Raton Bowl at FAU Stadium down here uh, a couple of months back. Uh And so since this is a day where I'm just getting crapped on, and there's no way out, and you've come on, and you have the upper hand on everything. I figured I might as well continue to crap on myself here. I want you to listen to my first ever Division One play-by-play call. This is 2009. Uh, this was FAU at Nebraska. So not exactly small scale, okay? And here is how I started yep. my Division One college football broadcast career with the opening touchdown call. Lee back to throw, three-step drop, looking, fires, he has a man, it's caught, he makes a move at the 20, he's to the 15, 10 to the 5, it's a touchdown, a Florida Atlantic score, a Nebraska score on the play. Yep, so that has lived with me ever since that happened, Uh, it is maybe the most humiliating moment of my career, do you have something similar where you've butchered uh, a call, maybe not like that, to that extent where you say,
3: "Uh uh-oh, that was bad. Yeah, no, hundreds. (laughs) Hundreds. Are you kidding me? I I mean, so many that it doesn't immediately come to mind. But, I mean, I'll give you an example. Like, right away, back in uh, December, in week 17, I did the Kansas City-Cincinnati game, which was a phenomenal game uh, on ESPN Radio. And the second touchdown of the game was Jamar Chase went for 70. And at the end of it, I said, touchdown, Kansas City. (laughs) So if it makes you feel any better, it happens to me all the time. (laughs) All right, and
0: see, now the man has a drive-time show on ESPN Radio. It is proof that you can overcome. Chris Carlin, Carlin and Canty. Since, I want to finish with this, since you do love talking quarters, you are the head of quarter, Anon, as we have coined it here on uh, on (laughs) Ken LeVica Live. Uh, I do have some questions that I think you'll enjoy since you do love quarters. Uh, uh, You've been to South Florida plenty call I'm sure you at least know of it if you haven't eaten there. Uh, for you, quarter chicken or a quarter pounder? What's your preference?
3: Oh, I've got to go quarter pounder. Okay, quarter no question.
0: pounder. Um, the correct answer yeah. is double quarter pounder, but that's that. That's fine. Uh, that's a well. fair point,
3: but that, that's a half pounder. Yeah, that's a fair point.
0: Though. Yeah. <laughs> you notice you have a quarter tank of gas on the ride home. Do you fill up before you get home or are you just doing it in the morning?
3: No, I let that sucker run all the way down and milk it to the end. In fact, last week, I went an extra 30 miles when it said I had zero miles left just to see how far I could
0: go. Uh, You're feeling bold. I like that. Uh, (laughs) Chris, you're in the French Quarter. Are you drinking a hurricane or eating a beignet? Uh,
3: Beignet, hurricane, worst hangover of my entire life. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Um, there are there are like four pounds of sugar in each one <laughs> of those things that just will dry you out, man. Like that was, I had two of them one night, and it was, oh my god! Oh, yeah, it that's was the worst that's I've ever. Like,
0: felt. Yeah, that's like three quarters too many. If you're going two hurricanes, yes, that's a problem. That's uh, a great point. Speaking of quarters, the last time you used a payphone?
3: Oh God, probably. Uh, Uh, I'm guessing 1998, maybe. (laughs) I don't know. Something like that. Uh, And to be honest, I probably didn't even use quarters. I used a calling card. So there you go.
1: There
0: you go. Yeah. Or called collect. Absolutely. Uh, And then finally, (laughs) better handheld meal that's cut in quarters, a quesadilla or a Mexican pizza?
3: Quesadilla. Uh, That's cut and dried for me, so to speak. No doubt. And (laughs) I, I went to a Mexican place last week that cut it into thirds, and I didn't feel right.
0: That is not even right. What are they even doing there? I would never go back to that place, in
3: fact. Yeah. Chris. Yeah, that was embarrassing, and, and it did make me question the choice. Yes.
0: <laughs> Chris, I appreciate you having some fun with us. And next year, come playoff time when you, want, when you want some guys who have watched the heat in the regular season, you can just give us a call and we'll give you the proper
3: the proper perspective on the heat, okay? <laughs> yes and and as we have learned the regular season is just so important
0: (laughs) (laughs) how dare you carlin thank you buddy i appreciate it
3: take care ken thanks all
0: right that's chris carlin espn radio three o'clock every day carlin and canty here on espn 1063 uh so i suppose that didn't go so badly i think maybe we come out of that uh with a, a a slight a slight connection
2: maybe a little friendship there yeah, of course. I mean, I asked him
0: what his deal was, right?
2: Yeah, I mean, we definitely did it, and and as far as bringing up you know X's and O's and statistics, we couldn't go that route because we would have not come out of there clean. So well, this
0: is the problem: the Heat, the Heat kind of screwed us over. Oh, right? they
2: screw us over big time,
0: <sighs> big time. Well, Carlin won this round, but we'll still be listening and picking him apart. He's got bad football takes, I'm sure too. I I can't wait for those. I can't wait for us to battle over Tua. You know that's next. (laughs) You know that's next. Carlin, you won this round, but never again. He's still in the It's Friday Night Lights. I'm Ken LeVick. I'm live on ESPN 106.3.